0: to be able to join those who are not at family camp, you know, to be here to worship God and look at the Word of God. And it's just a, a privilege, isn't it? Um, so we welcome each and every one of you. And uh, again, my name is Toby here to serve as a lead pastor here at this church. And uh, it's been just an amazing journey. I was sharing with some of you this earlier today, but, you know, this past year has been such a different so many different things happen, and, and then Jap- and I became also the Japanese pastor, and it's just a, a crazy but awesome ride together. And I just hope that you feel God's presence moving us forward and to continue to be a church that God has called us to be. Um, so once again, welcome. And uh, today I want to open up with asking you a very important question. How many of you are a dog owner? Anybody? Oh, wow, there's a lot of dog owners. Okay, I think this is a good, good day today because we got a lot of, um, I don't really care about cats, so, but I like dogs. So, okay, so anyway, no, no, I'm sorry, sorry, whoops, whoops, I shouldn't have said that. Hey, but, 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 okay, so for the dog owners, because I don't know too much about cats. That's all I had, right? But have you ever wondered what these creatures, what the, our dogs are doing when you are away from home, when they're all by themselves? Have you ever wondered that? I mean, these days, there's probably cameras, and maybe you can actually check it out, but back in the day, when I was a teenager, about 20 years ago, I have wondered about that. We had this beautiful golden retriever, and uh, and his name was Jay, and I wondered, Jay, what is he doing when I'm gone? Because when I say, you know, he was smart, so when I say I'm going, you know, you got to stay home, he, he gives me this petty look, you know, it's like, oh, you know, he's like, and then he kind of balls up and he's like looking at me and he's like making me feel bad he's good at that right so but but then one day i just said goodbye and i left and he knows when i'm leaving because i opened up the garage and i closed the garage or i turned on my car and then went outside and then closed the garage he thinks i'm gone but from the back i went inside sneaking in and just checking out and then, here he was, sitting in, in a ball, like, you know, have pity on me, kind of face on me. And he wasn't there anymore. So I was like, where did he go? So I looked around the house, and he couldn't, I couldn't find him downstairs. So I went upstairs, all right? And then, like, it was slowly, because I didn't want him to be, you know, see me come in. So I went in, and I couldn't find him anywhere. Guess where he was? He was inside my parents' master bedroom on king, their, their bed on right in the middle of their king-size bed. Like in the middle, not the corner, not the edge, but right in the middle where he is supposed to be off-limits. So he's like, privileged. So two seconds ago, he was giving me this look, and then I came back in to find him just like a king you know it's like what is going on so i said hey jay and he i i can't forget that face he he, he's gone now but i can't forget his face he looked at me he's like you know he did that look it's like you're not supposed to be home yet kind of look and it was this most just human looking face in a dog that i've ever witnessed and uh and the reason why I share that story is actually today 's story from the Bible from Luke, believe it or not, is about the same story well i don 't know if it 's exactly the same, but it is about a, a master who comes home and then there's the slaves and it are this what were the slaves doing what were the what were the servants doing and we 're going to explore that and this leads into a very important biblical concept that is sometimes overlooked or maybe kind of put aside or dealt with it in a different season it's about the second coming of jesus christ it's about the lord's day where he will return we're not going to get into the details or the theological debates about that because there are it's a very interesting topic what we want to focus on today however is about this main idea of how do we be ready how are we being ready for jesus christ Because whether it's the second coming or when the day we go to be with the Lord, whichever comes first, we don't know. But there is a truth in that, that we will see him face to face. And the question is, are we ready? And how should we then be ready for the day that is eventually coming for sure? But then what does that life of anticipating or waiting for Jesus to return look like? So we're going to dive into Luke chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, if you could open to 12, and we're going to look at from verse 35 today, and it will be on the screen as well. It's a little bit small today, um, but um, if you have your scripture, please open up to Luke 12, 35. But just to kind of give you a context, this is the journey of Jesus. We've been looking from chapter 1, verse 1 on, and we're going to keep going, but here we are in chapter 12, and we know that Jesus ministered in the land of place called galilee which is the northern part of israel and he did all his ministry that he trained his disciples he found them and trained them and he's healing people he's proclaiming that the kingdom of god is near so you better repent that is the message that he's giving and along the way he meets these pharisees who thinks they have every truth and they feel like they have the answer and salvation is on their hand, in their hand And Jesus kind of rebukes him, says, hey, it's not about you. It's about your trust in God and repentance. And so these dramatic things are going on. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. And then we found, you know, in the past several weeks in chapter 12, we saw that Jesus had been teaching to be freed from greed so that God could lead. Right? We talked about that several weeks ago. And last week, Pastor Jenny talked about worry less. And live for more. And that is the message that Jesus is proclaiming along the way that he is going to Jerusalem. You know, from Galilee where he kind of spent ministry and he had all this wonderful following. Now he's going to Jerusalem. Why? Is where he is dying for the sins of all humanity. Just imagine his footsteps. Imagine his journey to get closer and closer to this crucifixion. But Jesus is teaching these messages along the way because he, also, he wants to train His disciples the best that He can. Why? It's because He knows He's coming back to judge the living and the dead. He knows He's coming back. And He wants to make sure He prepares the people well. He sets them up well. So today, Jesus uses this parable of the servant waiting for His Master to point out this important message to His disciple, which is all of us hopefully, as you are followers of Jesus, to be ready for Him. So let's look at verse 35. If you could read together, I don't know if, oh, our wonderful AV crew just zoomed in so we get to read this together. So let's read this together. Here we go. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when He comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for Him. So these days, those days, back in the day, the wedding banquet would go on for many days, if not weeks. And so we never know when the master is coming back. Of course, the servants do not know when the master is coming. So the faithful servants, as soon as they get ready, you know, they're ready for the return. Because maybe the master might forgot of something, so he might return right away. Maybe the the wedding banquet got canceled or something, which is a bad thing. But maybe, and they could have come home early, so you never know. So the faithful servants—they are ready. They're ready for the time where the master comes home, and so that he could open the door, he could prepare a meal, or he could wash his feet. He's ready to serve, even during the night. The lamp is kept on burning. It's kept burning. You know, you see this light in the darkness theme keep. You know, is here too. We must have our the light of jesus or the light that god provides keep it on in the darkness but the unfaithful servants it's just like my dog you know come home and he's like chilling out at the master's room right and you know he's just not thinking that the master will return at least for several days so he is just not Acting and living like a servant and what he's supposed to do. Moreover, we know that later on in this chapter, we find this servant being, you know, abuse, starting to abuse his privileges as he was in charge of other servants too. He began to beat on them, it says, and he's getting drunk. You know, this parable is teaching us how we as Christians must wait for Jesus and how to live our lives as we wait for him. Are we the unfaithful one, the one who is passive and not alert, just nonchalantly just hanging out and eventually even abusing their privilege? I mean, that can't happen among Christians in our churches if we're not careful. But we want to be the faithful servants, right, who are active and who is constantly and continuously being in preparation for the return of his Master. And then have this joyful anticipation. It's not reluctant or obligational. It is this joyful anticipation that you, Jesus, could come back anytime. Because the second coming of Christ, it is written many times in the Bible and teaching us about this attitude that we need to have. I mean, it is talked about 318 times in the New Testament. I didn't count them all, but I saw something that it says 318. But, anyways, you know, I, I need to be honest with myself. But you know, it's it is written many times, and Jesus Himself talks a lot about the coming that He will return. Did you know that of all the books in the New Testament, only three books—Galatians, Second and Third John—which is a very small section. Those are the only three books that does not talk mention about the Lord's day or His second coming. So every other book, every other writer and author wrote about this. But here we find in Luke, the first time Jesus ever talks about this, really goes into this with His disciples. Of course, the disciples did not understand. He's like, what do you mean you're coming back again? What do you mean? Because you're still here with us. He didn't get it at first, but eventually they would and when they do something when when they became the faithful servants the bible says in 30 verse 37 that something amazing takes place can we look at verse 37 it says it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes truly i tell you he will dress himself to serve with, we'll have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. In other words, Jesus himself is going to be the one who will serve because he is so touched as the master how the servants are waiting and being ready for him. So he, the role changes and the actual master, the son of God, the creator of the universe is the one who is serving his Servants, which does not make sense, but did you know? And I hope you do, that's exactly how Jesus lived, especially at the end. We already know that He came to the upper room and they had the Lord's Supper, last supper together. He's the one who became the one who knelt down and washed His disciples' feet. He is the one who says, Here, take my body and eat, and have this drink, a wine, to represent the forgiveness of sins. He's the one who is giving us all of His and serving us as the faithful servant. Therefore, church, when we know this incredible message, we got to be, it has to motivate you, saying, I want to be the faithful servant with my Master. When my Jesus comes home, let us be ready. No matter what the day is, no matter what the time is, No matter what the season is, let us be ready because we already know from the scripture, it says that day will come like a thief of a night. It's an interesting choice of word that Jesus says about like a robber coming down, coming into the house. And you know, after Jesus, we already know that Paul wrote like that. Peter said that. And John in Revelation said the same phrase, thief of a night. It could happen. And the point is, it could come at the most unexpected time when you are not expecting that is when the lord's day will come and the world has no idea about this there will be signs of end of times as we find in the bible but the biggest takeaway from today's message is that how do we be ready see we can find the signs and we could be ready for that but what if we could live today As the day of the Lord could happen today. Does that make sense? What if we live today so that that day could come today? That's going to change our way we live. That's going to change and shape our faith. Don't you think? This is a message that is given to the disciples, which is all of us. Verse 42 says, as you are a faithful servant, you're also this faithful and wise manager. Because because you're a faithful servant. You're being in charge and entrusted with many people under you. And other things are being entrusted to you. Because that's what faithful servants receive from the Master. And then when you do... Be a good manager. Take care of the people and everything that has been entrusted to you. We find in verse 43, which is really interesting. It says, It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so, which is taking care of others when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his positions. Isn't that incredible? When we are faithful servants here in this life, much more will be given unto you in heaven in this eternal life that you have however it is also true we find here in this scripture that punishment awaits for the unfaithful servants and we find in verse 43 that they are treated like an unbeliever those it'll be the same as though you don't know god and that's the punishment for the unfaithful servants i mean this is what the bible says and we are left with this question. Are we really going to take his words seriously? Or are we, what if, what if the master sees us face to face? What if we comes a day is right now where we see Jesus face? So what will you say? Maybe it happens unexpected. Maybe, you know, on the way to camp, I might sleep and get in an accident. I'm taking one of you to camp, so don't worry. I won't fall asleep. But you know, what if that happens, right? What if that happens? What am I going to say? When I say, oh, you know, um, will I be like my dog? Saying, oh, wait, that shouldn't have happened right now. What if I'm caught in that moment? And what am I going to say? Oh, I didn't take you seriously, Jesus. I I thought you were joking. I thought you didn't mean it. Am I going to say that? and he will say what happened to those things that i've entrusted you with and we can't be caught by saying oh i didn't take that too serious that cannot be us we cannot be the unfaithful we are going to be the faithful servants and we are leaders which you have god has entrusted you with most of you are but that also have a responsibility. So, are you ready for Jesus to see Him face to face? Are you excited or are you timid or are you scared? And how will you be ready for this? Verse 47, I think, gives us the key. Verse 47 says, and I hope it's on the screen, it says right here, the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. So it is true that when we know what God wants, but we don't obey, that's an unfaithful servant. And there will be punishment. But the key right here is for us to understand the master's will. That is the key for us to be a faithful servant, isn't it? So what is his will? What is your master's will? You know, obviously the general will is for God to, to uh, offer salvation to every single person it is for him to bless the nations it is for god to give the gift of the holy spirit that is his will he wants to bless us that is his way to be love for all that that is his general will for everybody but what is his will for you for you and you personally what does he want for you do you know we won't know if you don't listen. We have to listen. Just like Samuel on the day where God spoke to him, he said in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 3.10, the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel, what did he say? Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Is, it, is that our attitude, that we are seeking God because without that listening, of course, without that communication, you won't know. You can start to assume. I mean, isn't that what what happens in marriages and becomes really this mundane thing that you don't talk, or, or perhaps in our family or children, you don't know how they're doing because you don't talk. It's the same thing with God. He wants to know you. He want him to. He want you to know him. But if you don't listen, you will not understand His will. For some of us, we might really need to take this word of God seriously take time in your life maybe set aside five minutes a day 15 minutes a day to really have that time of devotion daily or maybe for some it's just you got to drop everything it's just because you've been too busy you got to drop everything clear a day and go to the mountain go to the beach and spend time in prayer with them maybe you got to have that personal retreat once or twice a year just so that you could listen to God maybe some of you have to really do that or, or, or maybe for some, try some new thing to serve God and people because when we are going into an uncharted territory we have to depend on god right that's exactly i think how it was for me in this past year when we had all kinds of transitions i just had to depend on god and it was it was hard and rough because we didn't know what's going to happen but at least my relationship with god was so rich because i was just like leaning into him because i had no idea what to do but that is such a rich time and i knew and he he began to speak and for some Maybe that time is right now for you to spend that time to know His will. Know is the beginning. And how do we be ready for His return? See, verse 35, when we look at it in the very beginning, it says, be dressed and be ready for service. For service. For His service. Do you have... The dress. Are you prepared? Or are you in your pajamas, ready to go to sleep? Or are you constantly be dressed to go for God? Wherever the master wants, I'll fight for you. If you want me, I'll go for you. I'll run for you. I'm gonna travel for you. I'm gonna go to the ends of the earth for you. Is that our attitude? Are we being ready to wear the clothes that we need to go? And then it says the burn, keep the burn light burning. Do you have your lamp? burning is the holy spirit living inside of you and you are the light that is in the darkness constantly until the day the lord returns let us know his will grow in our appreciation for the responsibilities and the roles that he's put in and then let us overflow with the love that He has poured into you does that sound familiar that is exactly what we are about, no, grow and overflow. And when we do that, when we continue to do that as a church, that is how we be ready for the return of Christ. Otherwise, we become this lazy, self-serving, passive, lukewarm servants. And that's not what we want. We're gonna, if we do, if that's what we are, we're going to be afraid of the return of our servant we don't want to see him but the bible says he will come at the unexpected time are you ready church please though however remember that in order for you to be welcomed in in order for you to be accepted he became the faithful servant he was obedient to the cross he was obedient to the to the death for your sake please know that that is who we follow the ultimate faithful servant. If you need of a role model, no, look. don't look any further than Jesus Christ himself. And if you have not had the encounter with Jesus and have received that, that salvation of him, from him, don't go anywhere and surrender and receive that. But now, we as Christians, we know this greatest love of all. We know this amazing love of our master sacrificing himself. So now we know we have a responsibility to represent that master's love in this world that we live in while we can. Because there will be a day when we can't. Verse 48, the second part says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. The more you experience and enjoy the grace of God, we have a responsibility to share that with others. So think about this. What has God entrusted you with? What has He given you? Maybe it's your family. He definitely placed you there and to to make sure that, that your children, your parents, your siblings, they know that they are loved by the God Almighty. Maybe that thing that He's entrusted you with is your work. Did you know that according to the conference board report, 53% of the people that are in the workplace are unhappy with their work. I thought that was actually low. I thought it would be more, you know. But we, as those Christians who have been entrusted us with our work and our gifts, we can't be those people who are grumbling and, and, and complaining I mean, we have, it, there may be things to complain, but how can we represent Jesus in our workplace? Maybe it is your ministry that God has entrusted you with. But please make sure that it doesn't stop with you. Please be sure that the next generation is being raised up. And who are you empowering? Those are the questions that we have to ask ourselves with the things that God has entrusted you with. He has entrusted with you so much. So how will you live as a faithful servant? you know becoming a christian becoming a pastor we are definitely a set a higher standard in life we have a moral obligation there are a lot of things that will be demanded of us maybe we have we do have responsibility and some people say wow that's too uptight that's too rigid that's too like you're wasting your freedom you're wasting your life but is it true is that true It is so worth it. No matter how challenging it is, it is so worth it for us to be a faithful servant. You know why? Because we get to witness God at work, isn't it? We get to witness the power of God being active in others' lives, and we get to share in the joy of God when we get to see how God worked in our lives and how we became person of forgiveness and grace. Because we've received that and we get to see in others' life when when God works, these people who never was able to forgive, was able to forgive. These broken relationships come back to life. We get to witness that as we are faithful servants of God and we have this front row view of all that God's going to do. And we get to see people putting down their pride aside and receiving God and the salvation. We get to see heaven continue to expand. I mean, it's worth it, isn't it, to be faithful servants, no matter how challenging it is. Who's with me to being faithful servants in this world? Am I? Come on, church. Who's with me? Let's do it. Let's go, church. Come on. And then we want to read this together. Matthew 25, 23. We've seen this, but this is what we're after here. Let's read this together. Matthew 25, 23. And I don't know if it's on there, so I'm just going to read it for you. Here we go. His master replies, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, that is what we want to hear. When it's all said and done, tomorrow is not guaranteed, right? Let's make sure we make that decision today. And we are shooting for that today, right now. Because what is guaranteed is that we will die. And what is guaranteed is that we will see Jesus face to face. What a blessing will it be for us to say, Man, I could see you, Jesus, face to face, finally! What a blessing that will be. Not afraid because you know that you've been a faithful servant. What a blessing. So let us live today with the Lord's Day in mind. We have the weekly challenge here. For those of you who have never been with us, this is our weekly challenge. And I don't know if it's not there. So we, I am so sorry. So here is our weekly challenge. It will be emailed out to you on Tuesday. And let me read this to you. I'll try to say it very carefully. But I just don't think it's going to work as well as your cell phone pictures. But here we go. Please Luke, read Luke, our passage today. Chapter 35 to 48. And there are other passages in Bible, if you could follow along, that talks about the thief of a night. It happens in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 and 4. 5, 2 through 4. 2 Peter three ten, Revelation 3, 3. And 16, 15. We're going to send this out in the email, but if you want to write that down, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 through 4, 2 Peter 3, 10, Revelations 3, 3, and 16, 15. Why do you think it says that the Lord's day will come like a thief? Why? Think about that. And then the grow question is, what should our attitude be and our lifestyle be as we anticipate the second coming of Christ. How should that second coming shape our lifestyle and our faith? What attitude should we have as we anticipate the second coming of Christ? And then finally, what has God entrusted you with? How will you be a faithful servant and take a good care of those things that He has entrusted you with? He has entrusted you with so many. Let us be faithful servants and be good caretaker of all the things that God has entrusted you with. Let's do that this week. Amen, church? All right, let's pray. God, thank you for today as we get to witness once again from your word how much you care and love for us and how you became the ultimate faithful servant for us, Jesus. You're the one who sacrificed everything, your life, faithful unto death to give us life eternal. So may we respond to that by wanting to be the best faithful servant that we could ever be. Taking good care of the things that you have entrusted us with. I don't even know why you entrusted us with this, but you did. So may we be careful and be on the alert. And may we live with the day of the Lord in mind. And may the second coming of Christ continue to give us Goosebumps and chills, man, I can't wait for that day. But at the same time, may that shape the way we live life. May we not waste another day, another hour, for, to just to gratify our heart and souls from the worldly things of this world. May we continue to crave for the, the sweet spirit of you, Jesus, so that we could continue to overflow into the world. May we be ready for service. May our lamps keep burning so that we could be the light of you, Jesus, in the world of darkness. You could come time, come back anytime. It could be right now. So may we live a life so that we can see you face to face and says, I couldn't wait to see you, Jesus, and for you to say, my faithful servant. We look forward to that day, oh Jesus. Thank you so much for this time together as brothers and sisters in Christ come gather to to make sure we go out from this place knowing that truth. Thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Let us stand and let us continue to worship.